Father, I want to thank you and praise your name. We bless you the entrance of your word brings light, it brings illumination. And this evening, may you come and speak your word to us. Teach us a word, line upon line, precept upon precept. Yeah, let's say that, let's say that your people will be blessed and anointed. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And everybody say a big amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I want to continue my teaching on spiritual development. Someone say spiritual development. And I'm teaching on the stages of spiritual development. Teaching on the stage of spiritual development. Now, when anybody is born into this world, is born into this world, he has a natural birth. And through the natural birth, he's a sinner because of the fact that our foreparents, Adam and Eve, sinned against God. But in John chapter 8, verse number 44, Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. So he realized that, and he says that you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you, you want to do. So you see that because anybody who is born into this world, because Adam and Eve sinned against God, Satan, they, we took up the nature of Satan. And so Satan becomes the father of a person who is a sinner. That's why I say, uh, you have your father, the devil, and the lust of your father or the desires of your father you will do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and about not the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And because of the fact that man sinned against God, Bible said the wages of sin is death. That means that the wages of sin causes man to be eternally separated from God. But God demonstrated his love towards us that in that whilst we are yet sinners, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, he allowed Christ Jesus to die for us. So the death of Christ ensured that you and I become reconnected to God again. Hallelujah. And so we, are, we become born again in John chapter 3 verse 3. And verse 6 says that, the Bible says, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So it means that it's important to be born again. And then uh, Nicodemus said, how can one be born uh, as an old person? And he says in the verse number 5, John 3, 5, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That means that the word of God must wash you and the spirit of God must infuse into you in order to become born again. And he says in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That means that anybody who is born of, of, of the flesh has a human nature, operates in a fleshy way. And that he that is born of the spirit is spiritual. So it means that everybody has a natural birth. And when you are born naturally, you've got to be able to grow from the babyhood stage through childhood stage to the adult stage. In the same way too, when you are born again, you are born again as a baby no matter your age. You could be 50 years, you could be 70 years, you could be, uh, I mean, uh, 25 years. You are still a baby in the Lord. And so just as babies are taken care of, to be nurtured, to be able to grow up, you also need to be nurtured to be able to grow up in the things of God. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, 
He says that by grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that when you get born again, it's important to grow. Tell somebody grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you see, when you get born again, you've got to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there are some people, they, they come born again, they give a life to Jesus Christ, but they don't grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's important to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Okay. Now, in um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 14, the Bible talks about the fact that when Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 to 14, that when Jesus ascended on high, he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists and pastors and teachers. It means that as he was going, he gave certain gifts to the body of Christ. He gave these gifts, and what is it? They are used for the perfecting of the saints, so that the saints will do the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. It means that, that these uh, gifts that God has given unto us, the fivefold gifts of the of the of, of the Holy Spirit, that, that means of the ministry gifts. That's a gift of a, a, a pastor, the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, evangelist. These people have been given to us by God in order to perfect the saints so that the saints or to train up the saints so that the saints will do the work of the ministry. So as I stand here, God has anointed me as a pastor to be able to teach the word of God and it will be that people can be strengthened so they can do the work of the ministry. In Jeremiah 3.15, it says, I'll give unto you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And Bible says that grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it means that if you are going to grow in grace, then you need somebody to train you up to be able to grow in grace. Amen. Now, the, when anybody is born as a Christian, first you start as a, as a, as a baby. As, as a matter of fact, we have three stages of spiritual development. Someone say three stages. We've got a babyhood stage, and we've got the childhood stage, and then we've got a manhood stage. Babyhood stage, childhood stage, and the manhood or the adulthood stage. Now, when anybody is born as a, as a believer, you are born, first of all, as a baby in the Lord. Just like people are born as babies, and when children are born, what do they need? They need, or babies are born, what they need is the milk. And First Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes desire the sincere. So if Bible says that we should grow in grace and the baby is supposed to grow, what the baby needs, babies need milk. And they need the sincere milk of the word. Somebody say sincere milk of the word. That means that they need the word of God that is in the milky state. <laughs> there's food food can be in a milk state that's in the, in the liquid or fluid state and food can also be in a solid state so they need the food in the milk state you can't give babies food that you can't, uh, you can't give them rice you can't, uh, fresh babies you don't give them rice you, you don't give them potatoes you don't give them bangkun and fufu you give them milk. And so babes need milk. Somebody say babes need milk. Now what, what, what do they need the milk for? 
The, serves, the monk does four things. We call it NHIS, National Health <laughs> Insurance Scheme. Okay. Yeah. You have to find ways of always remembering, you know, stuff in scripture. The N is for nutrition. The milk provides nutrition. And so, for a baby to grow well, the baby needs milk for its nutritional, you know, content. Then H for the baby, the milk helps the baby to become healthy. So babies that take in milk become healthy because there is something in the milk that helps the baby to become healthy. And then I, I is that it's, it's the milk helps for the intellectual development of the child. So for a baby to develop intellectually, he needs Muk. And then the S for its social and mental development. So a baby needs these things. In the same way too, when somebody is born in, as a Christian and is a babe, he needs the babe, the milk of the word of God for the nutrition of the child so that the child will grow well. Because if the child lacks nutrition, he develops kwashioko. And there are some Christians who also develop spiritual kwashioko. So all they, all they know is every time, suffer so bumpai mommy. Prophet, what did you see? They are looking out for some prophets to see for them. Some prophets to hear the voice of God for them. But you need to grow up. And when you grow up in the word of God, you begin to hear the voice of God. Because every child knows the voice of their parents. So you, it is for your nutritional good. And then you become spiritually healthy. H. And then... I for intellectual development. You are able to develop spiritual intellect. You get to know what the word of God is saying. You don't say, my, my pastor says, some prophet says, some whatever says. Please, and I want to also say this here. Nobody should marry anybody on the basis of what a certain prophet says. Some prophet says, is this, this is the one you must marry? No! That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the one who fears the Lord is the one that the Lord you know, teach he, the Lord directs or cho- teaches him how to to choose. So it is you. You don't just go up and then say some prophet says this is a, your, your real husband. This is not your husband. Don't marry them. You will make a big mistake. There are even people who are already married, and some prophet will tell them that this is not supposed. This is not your your real husband. This is not your real wife. That does a person not become your real? But because you lack the knowledge of the word of God, you before you fall a prey to that. So you need the milk of the word of God for your spiritual, intellectual development, and as for the social, social and mental development. And that means for bonding. When a baby takes a milk, it helps the baby to become well bonded with the mother. So you see that babies that are breastfed by their mothers. They connect properly with the mother. As they are, they are sucking the breast milk from their mother, they are becoming bonded to the mother. In the same way too, as you take in the milk that your pastor is teaching, your man of God is teaching, your, 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 your minister is teaching you, it helps you to become spiritually well connected with him. Amen. And you can hear his voice and you follow him. Now, three basic characteristics of basic of children, of babies. Babies have certain characteristics. Now, babies need to be helped. 
Babies don't do much for themselves. They depend on others. And they are not expected to behave like adults or mature people. So you should be able to help them out. So let's get to know some of the characteristics of uh, babes that we can help them to grow up. Number one, babes are innocent. Number two, babes are ignorant. And number three, babes are irritable or indulgent. Three basic characteristics of babies. Number one, they are innocent. Number two, they are ignorant. And number three, they are irritable. Let's take it one by one. First, they are innocent. Innocent means uh, that they, uh, they are ready to learn. Innocent means they are a clean boy. Educationists say that a child is a tabula rasa. That means that a child is a clean board. And so when somebody gets born again, fresh, it's very important. The, the person is a new creation and we can introduce a person to spiritual things because a person is ready to learn. They are malleable, they are pliable. What you teach them is what they get to know. So it's important that you spend the first few months of being born again, teach them the word of God very well. It's important who follows up on them because somebody can teach them the wrong things and they will become poisoned. And so it's important that you share the right word of God. With them. A non-tither will teach them not to tithe. A fornicator will teach them how to start fornicating even though they are born again. And somebody who likes drinking will teach them to get into drinking. So, and you see, it will be difficult to change them after learning the wrong things. When you learn the wrong things, it's very difficult to unlearn. So help them to be able to learn the right things. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And the second thing about babes is that babes are ignorant. So the first thing is that they are innocent. And because they are innocent, it's very important that you... Uh, uh, they, 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 are, they are innocent, they are open, they don't know anything, and so you must teach them the right things. Number two, they are ignorant. Ignorant means they lack knowledge. They are not aware of danger. They are not aware of, you know, many negative things. They are oblivious of danger. And so they, they are easily susceptible to taking poisonous stuff, wrong doctrines, wrong teachings. And so it's very important that we guide them so that they will receive the real word of God. Number three, babies are irritable. I've taught on this already, so I'm just going to, um, I'm just trying to recap. They are irritable. Irritable means they are easily angered. They are bad tempered. They are grumpy. They are petty. They are peevish. They always want to be pampered. And so you see spiritual babes want to be pampered. They easily get angered. They, they don't understand why didn't they do this for me and that thing for me. But you see, it gets to a point in time that the babe must grow up from just taking a milk. And the baby is weaned. And when the baby is being weaned, he, the babe is introduced to a new kind of food. Semi-solid food. Because the babe needs to be able to move on to another level or stage known as the childhood stage. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14, the Bible talks about the fact that, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14, that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. God doesn't want us to just be, remain as children tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. That means that there are winds of doctrines. 
There are doctrines that are like wind that blow people out by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in way to deceive. So children are tossed to and fro. You can easily deceive children. And so it's very important that you, we teach children, the spiritual children, that they will grow up and they become mature. Can you do another version for me? NASB or NIV or any of the more, more English version. So then, we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gasps of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engage in every, every shifting form of trickery in invented errors to mislead. Uh, children can easily be misled. No. So let's look at some of the characteristics of children. Number one, children are unsteady. Children are unsteady. That means that they are not stable. So you've got to teach them to be stable in the things of God. That is why today, sometimes when you see a spiritual child, uh, a baby, today he's in church, tomorrow he's not in church. He doesn't understand why he must be in church almost every service. He thinks that, well, I try. Sunday I'm in church. Or even this pandemic, I've been listening to Sunday preaching. So why should I preach, listen to preaching on uh, uh, a midweek service? No, you've got to eat the word of God on a daily basis. When the people of Israel were in the wilderness, the Bible says that every day God will rain manna unto them. Every day, fresh manna. And so as a Christian, you must eat the fresh word of God on a daily basis. You don't say, yesterday I prayed. So I, I won't pray today. I pray carry forward. I, I, I read the Bible, carry forward. No, you've got to read the Bible on a daily basis. You got to eat the word of God on a daily basis. You got to pray on a daily basis. You got to live a holy life on a daily basis. You got to live for God on a daily basis. Hallelujah. So it's important to be steady. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, he says that be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He said, beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. You see, the word steadfast is, 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 is a neighbor word, you know, that means, I mean, that means that to hold on fast, steadfast, you know, not wavering. And babes, children are wavering. Children are very indecisive. But God doesn't want you to be indecisive. So you see, when you see a spirit, uh, somebody who is spiritually a child, he's indecisive even about his church. Yeah. So when he hears that somebody has come to preach a church behind their window, they are there. When they see something that looks, you know, older people are not moved by whatever anybody who is come, has come into town and is coming to do. They believe that this is my house, this is my church, this is my my, this is where I stay, and they like where they are. But 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 children are very curious, and you see them moving here and there, and all those kind of. They are unsteady, but God wants us to be steady. Amen. Amen. Be steady in your church. Be steady in your faith. Be steady in your relationship. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Be steady in your relationship. So He says that be ye steadfast, unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Somebody, I came to tell you that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And God is bringing special blessing your way. Your story is going to change for good and for glory. Number two, children are curious. They are curious. Curious means they try to poke their nose into people's affairs. They are nosy. They are nosy. But Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 
11. See, when you see people who are, who are spiritual children, babes, they are in the children's stage. Eh? What are they eating there? Eh? What is he wearing? Today, yesterday, what did he wear to church? Oh, when he saw what kind of car was he dressing? Spiritual babe. They're looking at the carriage. He said, and that you study to be quiet. Study to be quiet. You come and do your own business. And to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Hallelujah. Be steady to be quiet. Do your own business. Our former president, our ex-president once said, Zufiasam. So, 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 Zufiasam. Yeah. Someone said, Zufiasam. Yeah. yeah, Zufiasam. Number three. Children are talkatives. Yeah, they suffer from the spirit of loquacity. They are talkatives. They are talkatives. And uh, they like talking. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19. He said, in the multitude of words, that one's not sin. But he that refrains his lips is wise. So that means that when you talk too much, you end up sinning. That's what the Bible is saying. So if you want to see, anytime you keep talking, 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 you realize that you begin to say something you shouldn't have said. That's what the Bible is saying here. And when you read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3, it says the same thing over there, Ecclesiastes 5 verse number 3. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5 verse number 3. It says that for a dream comes through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. A fool's voice. Or kwasia. Ninzi. Ninzi. A fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. So be, just make sure that you don't get into excessive talking. Excessive talking makes you guilty of three sins. Take note of it. Excessive talking, write it. Excessive talking makes you guilty of three sins. What are the three sins? A, it makes you guilty of evil speaking. Evil speaking means saying or discussing bad things about somebody in his absence or issues in the absence. Evil speaking. And Bible exhorts us not to get ourselves involved with evil speaking. So when you talk too much, you begin to get, you become guilty of evil speaking by speaking about people behind their backs. You become a backbiter. Number two. You'll be suffering from vain talking. Vain talking means always turning the conversation to be about yourself. You are vain. Vain. Look at me. And I went here. And then this is the food I ate. And I went to this hotel. And I went to this school. Oh, vain talking. Number three. You become guilty of foolish talking. Ephesians 5.4. And foolish talking is talking about unhealthy jokes. Cause jokes. See people that are walking around and you are making, you are, you see ladies walking around and you are telling them, you, 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 you are young boy, boys, boys, you are discussing the buttocks of girls or the breast size of, 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 of girls or you are the boys, girl, girls also are there and then looking at the boys and talking last weekend, I went here and this is the time I spent with this boy, I'm a slave, slave queen, slave, no. Bible said neither filthiness nor foolish talking not just in which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Hallelujah. 
In fact, the Bible says that let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it will minister grace unto the hearers. So listen to me. Every time you have to ask yourself, the things that I'm saying, is it ministering grace? The things that I'm writing, is it ministering grace? The things that I'm posting on Facebook, on, on, on status, on internet, on my WhatsApp page, is it, is it ministering grace? Is it helping somebody to know God better? Is it helping somebody to become established in the things of God? Is it helping somebody to know Jesus? Is it Christocentric? Is it godliness? Is it something that helps? It may, it may rhyme nicely. It may rhyme nicely. Oh, it, it, it will sound very, uh, uh, very nice in the ears of people, but does it help their heart? Does it help them to know God better? Your life should be a signpost that directs people to Christ. Your wife should be a signpost that directs people to Christ. See, a signpost is there. To direct people. Your life should be a spiritual signpost. Amen. Your word should be a spiritual signpost. Amen. That's why David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee. Can I, can I have an amen? amen? My dear friend, Christianity is not just about asking, asking things. He said, I want your church. The place is powerful. The pastor is powerful. Oh, God. Listen, there's a heaven to go. And a hell to avoid. And a God to please. And the mandate that he has given to us. And it's very important that every day you have to ask yourself that am I doing what God called me to do or not? The third stage of spiritual development, the first stage is the baby, the, the babyhood stage where the baby exhibits three things. The babyhood stage is a baby is innocent. Number two is ignorant. Number three is irritable. Number, then in the baby, in the, in the Childhood stage, the three characteristics of a child is that the child is unsteady. Children are unsteady. They are number two, curious, and they are talkative. So if you see somebody who is talking, cha 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 have you heard? Cha 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 have you seen this? Cha cha cha, you are the cha 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 cha. It's a spiritual child. On developing or yakwala radimu. And the person can be. Very charismatic, but you don't give the person a leadership role. The person is not matured. And when a person is a talkative, we say he becomes guilty of three things. He becomes guilty of evil speaking. He will begin to speak evil. Number two, he becomes guilty of vain talking. And number three, he becomes guilty of foolish talking. His foolishness. He talks foolishly. The third stage is known as a mature stage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God's plan for us is to is, is for us to grow and mature. That's what they grow and mature. It is the joy of every parent to see their child grow and mature. Amen. Amen. When your child reaches the age of three, four years old, you do not expect your child to keep wee wee. So if the child has, is there and the child is 17 years old. 20 something years and it's wee wee and cannot do certain things for itself. It, then it's a problem. There's a problem somewhere. God wants us to grow up spiritually. And when you be, you become mature, that is when you become productive. That is when you become useful. So when you are in the church and you are not doing anything in the church, then you are not being productive. It means that you are still not matured. Because you do not give babies responsibility. I've never heard nobody who said the baby that, hey baby, uh, bring my shoes to me. Baby, did that. no. Baby, can't, uh, baby is fully dependent on others. 
And a child too, by virtue of being a child, he can do certain things up to a certain extent, but you cannot let a child be fully responsible for a home. Because they are young. But when they grow up unto maturity, that is when you can make them fully responsible. And God wants to make you responsible in his kingdom. In entrusting things in your hands. But before things are entrusted in your hands, first you must be trusted. You must be tested, trusted before there's an entrust. Hallelujah. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2, Paul said something. And let's, do, let's look at that in NIV. Okay, let's look at this first. Let's look at this uh, in, in, in King James and then we'll look at it in NIV. He said, brethren, I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. So Paul was saying that, hey guys, you know, if you are still taking milk, then I have to deal with you as babes. I can't deal with you as uh, be people who are spiritual. So Paul was saying that you are supposed to be eating meat, but I can't feed you with meat because you are still behaving as babes. Yeah, I talk with you as, uh, as babes because you are behaving as babes. So Paul was expecting them to have grown from babes such that they can feed them with something meaty, something more solid. Hallelujah. And uh, in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Now remember that your growth and maturity depends on the type of food you are eating. So it's very important that you, at a certain age, that's why when children are growing up, they begin to introduce them to semi-solid food and all those things to help them to grow more nutritionally correct. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, he says that when the, for the time when you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and I become such as one, as, as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. You see, and he said, for everyone that uses milk is what? Unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. So that, you know, if babes have to be pumped, you got to put the milk, uh, either they are being breastfed or they, uh, directly from the mother's breast or they pump the, the breast milk into a feeding bottle and put it on their, on their mouth. Adults don't put, go, I've never seen adults who go around with feeding bottle on their mouths and they are going around. It is only babes who do that. And God wants us to be able to grow up. He says that the time that you should be taking care of others, you still want to be taken care of. In this season, this COVID season, I know you are sitting at home. He said, oh, maybe my pastor hasn't called me. That my leader hasn't called me. They haven't minded me. They will see when they come, whether when they open the church, whether I will step there again. Me, before the COVID thing, ah, the way they did some things, I didn't like it at all. I won't mind them again. You are acting as a baby. You got to grow up now. Grow up. Grow up. It's babes who are there. Babes are there every time they are complaining. Babies are always complaining. Children are also complaining. Hey, you having to do? When you live with children, hey, mommy, this one did that to me. Hey, mommy. From morning to evening, you see babes and children complaining. Sometimes you see a child that's running. Man, man, man. You are wondering. I just, I just fed you. Sometimes just when they want to sleep, even they're sleeping, 
the sleeping tends to cry. I, when an adult wants to sleep, he will just close his eyes and sleep. You, you want to sleep, you won't, you won't close your eyes and sleep, and you throw your hands and all those, you have to be carried, we have to clean you up, and then be, be throwing you, and then be singing, baby little boy, don't cry, don't cry, baby, baby little girl, don't cry, don't cry, baby. Hey! And when you become a Christian the same way, baby little, baby little, baby little, no, God wants us to go. Paul said, at the time when you have to take care of others, you, you, are, you are to be carried and we have to sing for you. Lullaby, sing lullaby, baby little boy, don't go, baby, kafo, imbo mami ete, ete laim, mine shi hambo, e shi akpakpa, kamyo komaye, i hambo, fwai, kamami ba makele, kopapa ba makele, fwai, shibo, oh! What a shock. You are a babe. You need to grow up. I said we need to grow up. As long as you are taking milk, then the word is not deep in you. Hallelujah. So let's look at the characteristics of a matured believer. Number one, a mature believer esteems earthly things lightly. He esteems earthly things lightly. That means that he doesn't give high regard to earthly things. He doesn't give high regard to earthly things. Number two, he's dead to censure or praise. Dead to censure. Censure is spelled C-E-N-S-U-R-E. Dead to censure or praise. That means he's dead to criticism or praise. Number three, the third characteristic of a matured believer is that he has an ability to recognize God at work. The ability to recognize God at work. So let's quickly look at the first one. Esteeming earthly things lightly. Now, when you're a matured believer, earthly things are just a means to fulfill the kingdom of God. That means that you are not moved by... The, it's, it's not the clothing that make you. It's not the houses that make you. It's not the cars that make you. They are only a platform to advertise Christ. So that is not what your heart is in. And there are not the things which control you. But they are tools which you use in serving the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. Yeah. There are tools that we use. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 to 27. We are saying. A matured believer esteems earthly things lightly. Esteems earthly things lightly. That means that he doesn't give high regard to it. It's no most important to him. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses was Pharaoh, became Pharaoh's daughter because Pharaoh's daughter saw him by the riverside and picked him up and adopted him. So he was supposed to be the, 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 the heir to the throne of, 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 of Egypt. He was supposed to be the next Pharaoh. But the Bible says he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hallelujah. He chose rather to suffer affliction. He chose rather to suffer affliction. He chose rather to suffer affliction. Listen to me. A mature person knows how to, there's something called delay gratification. When you are not mature, you, you, you don't have to gamble your future because of your present need. 
you don't gamble your eternal, eternal life. And because today you say, today I want some dress, today I want some clothing, today I want some money, and whatever you sell your body, you misbehave anyhow, you talk anyhow, you, you I mean, a place where you're supposed to be committed, now you think that, oh, Charlie, I've got some allowance somewhere. You, are, you turn yourself into a liar, you are lying, and you are doing, you are engaging yourself into all kinds of things. The Bible says that he chose, instead of being in the palace and enjoy the garlic and enjoy the, the onions and enjoy all the nice, nice food in the palace, he rather chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But what did he do? Verse 26. The Bible says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. That means that the reproach, the, 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 the disrespect, the, the insult, whatever that he will get because of Christ, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Hallelujah. Oh, look, look, uh, do it in another version for me. NIV or some HCSB. Start at 25 for me, please. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. Can you imagine? The whole person who could have been the next Pharaoh. When he got to a revelation that he was not an ordinary person. And he got to a spiritual maturity. You see, he was in the palace. And enjoying all the nice things of the palace. Yeah. The, the servants in the palace were at his beck and call. Because he had become a prince by adoption. And in the absence of the Pharaoh, he was going to be the, 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 the king, the Pharaoh. But what happened? The Bible says that when he got to a realization that look, this earth is not my home. There's a song of that. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Huh? So you realize that he realized that this earth is not his home. There is a higher purpose for his life. There's a reason why God saved him from the crocodiles of the Nile. There's a reason why he didn't tumble over into the river Nile. And that God had called him to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. He knew his purpose. So when his eyes got open, he said, hey, I don't have to be staying here. Hey, Jalof Rai shouldn't control me. Wache shouldn't control me. Amutua shouldn't control me. Banku and Fetre shouldn't control me. There is no Ampesi that should control me. There's no boyfriend that should control me. No girlfriend that should control me. Listen, when you become a mature Christian and you, you used to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend who is not in the Lord, you must know that it's time to pack the person aside. It's time now to say that I have to live a holy life. It's now time to say that, yeah, even though I get this, this and that from this person, I prefer to suffer affliction. I prefer not to have the person's money. I prefer not to have the person's conveniences he gives to me to suffer inconvenience, but to please the most high God. Yeah, I prefer to do that. I prefer to do that. I prefer to do that. That is what a mature Christian does. You see, the babe Christian, baby style comfort. Children like comfort. And so they will come for the comfort. So a baby Christian will, will want to have a side chick. A babe Christian want to be a slave queen. 
and still speak in tongues. Snake queen. Snake queen mislead you. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Daddy something. Uncle something. Brother something. Sister something. No. A mature Christian says, hey. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after that, that their judgment. I am a servant of the most high God. I'm not going to compromise anything. I prefer to be hungry. I said I prefer to be hungry than to have abundance and suffer in eternity. I better live for my God. That was the mind of Moses. Moses was correct. Moses was matured. So give, bring me that scripture. The Bible says that he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Choose to be, be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Sometimes when you want to serve God really serious, you will see your friends will laugh at you. They will mock you. Sometimes they say, oh, are you a real man? If you're a real man, oh, which girl have you been bringing the house? You, ah, well, at this your age, sister, you are 20 something years, you have never slept with a man before. You become Jimmy, Jimmy, Bonto, Bonto. You become like a fool. There's nothing like that. The people, they are liars. They're actually jealous in the fact that you're a virgin. Walk in your virginity. Walk in your holiness. Walk in your purity. Even if you've had sex before, now that you are in Christ, you are a fresh virgin in the Lord. And so keep serving the Lord. Don't go back. Don't be like a pig that will go back and throw yourself into the dirty pool. But decide I'm going to serve God. He regarded his grace. He regarded his grace. He regarded his grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. May you look ahead. You see, a real, a real mature Christian looks ahead. Concerning Jesus, the Bible says that looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, how come that Jesus was able to go to the cross? The Bible says that he, he despised the shame. Yeah. He despised the shame. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12. Yeah? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Look at it. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Verse 2. Uh, uh, uh. No, no, that's, that's not it. But for the... Yeah, that, that's it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. How can Jesus went to the cross? It was because of the joy. And what was the joy? The joy that you and I will be saved. Yeah. The joy by the fact that you and I were condemned to go to hell. And on our way to hell, said no. Because of his death, because of the cross, you and I could be savage and you will become the children of God. 
for the joy that was set before you. And so for the joy, for the, you see, because of the joy that is set ahead of you, you'll be willing to fast and pray. You'll be willing to live as a Christian. You'll be willing to be dedicated to your church. People laugh at you. You still go to church. You still, uh, you are, at your age, you, you are not doing boyfriend, girlfriend. At your age, you are not stealing. You are, are, to, why are you not stealing? Why are you not doing all the wrong things? For the joy, Jesus, for the joy that was said before him, endured the cross, despising the shame or scorning his shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And for the joy that is said before you, you want to despise every shame. You want to serve the Lord. You want to live for God. So a matured believer, the first thing is that he doesn't give high regard to earthly things. Thank God for houses. Thank God for cars. Thank God for those things. But they are not the most important thing. You know, Jesus, this, Jesus didn't give high regard. Look at the verse 27. Hebrews 11, 27. Okay, so you, you will come back to that. The Bible says, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Hallelujah. When you see the glory of God, you decide that I'm going to live for God forever. You see, Jesus, eh, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 hours, Satan came to him a number of times to tempt him. And Friday, you know what he did? First, he tempted him with what he needed most. Satan is coming to give you an alternative. He'll tempt you with what you need most. He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And when somebody fasts, at the end of the fast, the person is hungry. And so he said, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones to become bread. He said, tell the stones. Let it become bread. And then he said that, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But by everywhere that comes from the mouth of God. He was ready to delay the gratification. You might be re ready to delay your gratification to get eternal blessings. And that is what a matured person does. But you guess what? Adam and Eve were not matured enough spiritually. So when the enemy came and said, eat of the fruit, they quickly went for it. And that was it. They, they had to be thrown out of the garden. But a mature Christian knows how to quote because the word is in him. Because the word was in him. See, the word was not deeply rooted in Eve. And when the word is not deeply rooted in you, you can be swayed. You see, children can be swayed because they don't have the information ingrained in them. But Jesus had the word ingrained in him. So when Satan came and said, leave, Turn the stones into bread. He said, it is written. Satan came again. Matthew chapter 4. He came again. And then, he told him. Verse 5. Throw yourself down. He showed him all the nice things around. The nature is beautiful places. He said, throw yourself down. For it, it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up. So that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus, a mature person. He said, it is written, don't put your, your Lord God to test. Then he took him to another place. Hey, the guy is full of temptation. Full, temptation. Testing. This one, Temptation is known as test. He took him to a very high mountain. And I've seen that mountain. 
and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Satan will show you the kingdoms of the world. You see, Satan will show you the kingdoms of the world. And it will only take a maturity to know that, look, I am looking beyond this kingdom. I'm looking beyond Las Vegas. I'm looking beyond any kind of material thing. I'm looking beyond high heels. When the COVID-19, when we went on the lockdown, everybody came down from his high heel. We couldn't wear suits in our homes. So you must know that a time is come. You don't need a high, you don't need a high heel. And we couldn't wear the wigs. Don't wear the wigs. Yeah. The wig sellers are complaining. No more, no many functions are going on. And that's the truth. Because where are people going to? No parties. And they tell us and things. And the manicure pedicure, why are you taking it to? Yeah, why are you taking it to? So you can see that there are some things that are not really essential. And it's very important that we make first things first. And essential things essential. That's why in the lockdown, they say that you must own, it's only essential workers. So if you are not essential, and I can, I can tell you that it is only God who is really essential for your life. God is the essential commodity, the essential personality. God is essential. And a mature Christian, first of all, he looks at the most essential. He commits himself to the essential, and that's the most high God. And that's what Jesus did. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. So by the grace of God, catch me on Sunday. I'm going to continue to teach you on how to grow up into spiritual maturity. And you grow up, and you become strong, and you become very, very solid in the things of God. May, may you move away from just eating, drinking spiritual milk and being pampered and looking every time somebody should prophesy to me, somebody should pray for me, then, then you work strong and you begin to preach to others and you begin to pray for others and you rather begin to prophesy to others. That is when now you are working strong and you are growing up. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you. The Lord answer all your prayers, including your unprayed prayers. May he turn your story around. May he cause you to leap like a calf let out of the stall. Anything that is fighting and contending with you anything that would I want you to become a mature Christian will rebuke and bind that in Jesus name anybody that you are connected with that does not help you to know God and draws you into sin and into worldliness will cut you off from their influence in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God anything that is an intimidation to your life we overthrow their tables and overrule their rulings in the precious name of Jesus anything from your father's house and your mother's house that does not help you to serve God well anything that anybody has said that has influenced your mind mindset so that you cannot be focused on the things of God I decree and declare today in the name of Jesus that may you now become focused may you be cut off from the negative influences every evil influence every satanic influence every evil word that was sown in your heart I command that to be uprooted because Matthew chapter 15 verse 13 says that whatever the father has not planted must be uprooted so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I command it to be uprooted but since the days of John the Baptist the kingdom of 
God suffered violence, the violent take it by force. Yes, I decree and declare that may you become violent in the kingdom of God. Amen. May you take your blessing by force. Amen. May you take your favor by force. Amen. May you take your honor by force. Amen. I decree and declare this week, whatever belongs to you, Jesus. that the enemy will not want you to have it. We yes, decree Lord. that may you possess your possession. Amen. We overthrow the tables of the enemy yes, in the Lord. name of Jesus. Amen. May you receive your husband. Amen. May you receive your wife. Amen. May you receive your children. Amen. May the glory of God become your portion. Amen. May the ancient of days yes, be on your side in yes, the precious Lord. name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Amen. the son of the living God. May the Lord smile on you. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. As the Lord delivered Moses from being killed, and when he was put on the Nile, the water did you overturn him, and no crocodile came and ate him. But because of what he carried, he was taken to the palace and taken care of by his enemies. May nothing eat you before your time. Amen. May nothing destroy what is yours. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Limihatu Uzoma Akaya. Yes, Lord. May even your enemies now begin to their mouth change to speak good on your behalf. Amen. When they want to speak evil, may their tongues twist. Amen. To speak good on your behalf. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. The Son of the Living God. Yes, Lord. And may the Lord take you to places where you never dreamt you could be. Amen. May He place you on the mountaintop. Amen. May He create a platform for you to stand on. Yes, Lord. A platform for a glorious exhibition. Amen. May you move from the back seat to the front seat. Amen. From the bottom to the top. Amen. From shame unto glory. Amen. May he wipe away your tears. Amen. Put laughter in your mouth. Amen. And a new song upon your tongue. Amen. To sing and say, God is good. Yes, Lord. And his mercies endure forever. Yes, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I pray that God will cause you that you will get people that will help you in life. Amen. May he bring the right husband your way. Amen. Receive your right husband. Amen. A good man. Amen. Receive a good wife. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for a good husband. Yes, Lord. I pray for a good wife. Yes, Lord. I pray for good ministry partners. Yes, for you in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I pray for financial resources. Yes, I pray for supernatural provisions. Yes, divine advancement. Yes, May Lord. God give you divine advancement. Amen. This year, in the precious name of Jesus yes, Christ Lord. of Nazareth, yes, the Son of the living God. Jesus. Yes, receive growth and expansion. Amen. May you grow. Grow in grace. Amen. Grow in grace. Amen. Grow in wisdom. Amen. Grow in understanding. Amen. Go in inside. Amen. May you build houses. Amen. I said, may you build houses. Amen. May you buy your cars. Amen. May whatever that you have may be used for the advancement of kingdom of God. Amen. May you esteem earthly things lightly. Amen. Because they will pass away. Amen. Because the Bible says in First John chapter two, verse fifteen to seventeen, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. I like in the King James Version. Love not the world. Neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17. And the world passes away. So this world is going to pass away. Amen. The houses will pass away. Amen. The cars will pass away. And the last thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Mm. 
May you do the will of God. Amen. May you abide forever. Amen. I said, may you abide forever. Amen. Abide forever. Amen. May your business abide forever. Amen. May your joy abide forever. Amen. May your Christian life abide forever. Amen. May you have good health abiding forever. Amen. May God be the lifter up of your head. Yes, Lord. May you have a new song to sing and say that surely God is good yes, and Lord. His mercies endure forever. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.